Hey there, it's Chad. Welcome to another episode of the Early Admit Podcast. A few months ago, I had the chance to sit down with Varun Ram. He is a first-year student at Stanford's Graduate School of Business pursuing his MBA. Varun and I had the chance to speak about a lot of really interesting topics from pre-MBA internships to people who didn't have the opportunity to do any internships while they were an undergrad to being a college athlete and how that helps you on the application process. We hope you enjoy. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming on to the show today to speak with us. Uh, Varun, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Hey, yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And this uh what you guys are doing at, at Early Admit is uh, it's very near and dear to my heart, given that I just kind of went through the process and definitely feel like I could have used your services. So i um, happy to give back and help in any way that I can. But uh, a little bit about myself. I mean, I've been, I uh, went to the University of Maryland um, and we'll probably dive into any of these um, you know, topics later. Happy to, to talk about anything, but um, went to the University of Maryland. It was pre-med, uh, kind of decided that you know I didn't want to pursue medicine did a one-year specialty master's in uh, the business school. And then from there, I got into consulting, um, did consulting for about four and a half, five years, and, and I'm now heading off to business school in Palo Alto at Stanford University. Well, and congratulations on that. I know uh, you, you told me before we started recording here that you're, uh, you're heading out there on Sunday to the Bay Area. So best of luck with that move, and I'm really excited for you. Yeah, thank you. No, I'm super, super excited. It's it's the next step in my journey, and uh, I'm looking forward to to it. Perfect, perfect. Well, hey, um, you mentioned a lot of really interesting things there, uh, introducing yourself, and I, hopefully we'll have time to dive into all of them here. Um, but first off, you know, you said that you were pre-med in undergrad. Would love to, you know, hear about, you know, the your path to pre-med and then what swayed yeah. you away from that and brought you towards your uh, your master's in business that you got. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think a lot of, uh, I was a very confused child. <laughs> um, I think a lot, a lot of my, uh, my kind of inclination towards science came from what I observed in, in my sister, who's older and was also pre-med. And then my, my parents, uh, my mom's a toxicologist, PhD. And so she uh, um, very much inspired me to, you know, the pursuit of sciences. And I, uh, I definitely enjoyed like taking the biologies and the chemistries and the, you know, organic chemistry and, and all that stuff. But I, I kind of realized around um, probably my junior, senior year that I, I just really did not like being in hospitals, um, which is kind of funny to, to realize that late. But um, I was like, listen, I know, you know, it's a long journey. And I was kind of living vicariously through my sister, who was a few years older than me and in med school at the time. And I was like, hey, I just, I don't think this is what I want to do, at least right away. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, what, what else is out there for me? And I definitely did not regret taking all the classes I took. Again, I really enjoyed it, but, um, was always interested in business. Just, I know business, uh, touches every field, you know, whether it's healthcare, life sciences, um, you know, you know, finance, anything, any, any industry, you know, there's a business component to it. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, let me, you know, never took any business classes and was fortunate enough to, um, to, to convince uh, the school of business to allow me to, to pursue a master's. Um, and it was really, for me, it was really just a introduction into business. I took a lot of like basic business classes. Um, actually the focus was in supply chain management. So um, it was a lot of it was uh, through that angle, but um, which is a great introduction for me into business. And, and from there, it's like, you know, you can pretty much take those skills and concepts anywhere. So that was kind of the intent going into it and, and where I kind of came from. Yeah, very cool, very cool. And it's interesting to hear that you, um, you know, have this, MS in supply chain, right? But then are also still and go still interested and in still going to get your MBA 
we have a lot of clients. I know this is something a lot of people listening to the podcast will be interested to hear that come to us and say, oh, do I get an MS in management? Do I get an MS in finance? Uh, or do I get an MBA? I would love to hear your perspective on why you thought both degrees are valuable to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think every every person in every situation is different. So um, I can I can speak to my experiences. For me, um, coming out of uh, undergrad, I knew that I wasn't ready for an MBA. Um, I you know I I realized a lot of the value in an MBA is being able to apply you know lessons learned from on the job to get you know to really the, to to the environment to the classroom environment to your you know to your peers and and I didn't have that yet to to bring to the table and so for me um, a specialty masters was a way to get that advanced education while still um, you know learning the the essentially the the basics and and being able to take that with me to I knew uh, uh, eventually a career in in you know in consulting and so. That was for me, and, and also and I was in a little bit of a unique situation where I played a sport, and I had one year of eligibility, and so the program was a year and a half. I was able to, you know, take summer classes and finish it um, a little bit earlier. So it, it kind of, it kind of just made sense for me and, and what I was doing in my um, in my journey. Um, but I would say, um, masters and you know, specialty masters are very different in many ways to a you know a traditional MBA program. Um, and I mean, I'm happy to talk about that in more detail, but um, I just feel like uh, a two-year MBA person, a program in person is, is just, it's, it's, it's very different than any other kind of degree you can get. Yeah. Why don't you talk about a little bit of the differences for me? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say the, for one, um, a, a one-year specialty master's, it's going to be, uh, uh, it's going to be tailored to that specific program. So at Maryland, there was, you know, data and analytics, there was supply chain management, um, I believe there was a finance program. So the classes that you take, it's a, you know, it's obviously a abbreviated uh, class or abbreviated program. Um, so the classes you're going to take are going to be specific towards those, um, you know, those, those classes and that, um, that field that, that, you know, that you're in the program that you're in. Um, whereas an MBA, I feel is, um, again, you're going to have, you know, a lot of my classmates in the master's program were, were people that had just come out of um, undergrad. Um, uh, whereas an MBA, I feel like, again, there's, you have more people with experience. Also with an MBA, I feel that there, you know, it's two years, so you automatically have, you know, more time, um, but you also have a little bit more flexibility in the classes that you can take. Um, so, you know, those are some high level differences. Um, there's obviously then, you know, financially, there's a difference, right? A two-year MBA is going to be a little bit more expensive, <laughs> um, than, uh, than especially masters. But I think, you know, where specialty masters makes sense is, or a one-year masters is if one, um, you know, maybe you have less work experience uh, or maybe you have work experience, but two, you know exactly the skills and the academic things that you're trying to get out of the program. Um, and that's actually, you know, that brings me to another point where um, I feel like the one-year specialty masters um, is more academic focused, whereas a, a two-year MBA is, is, there's definitely the academic component, but there's also other things from networking, recruiting, and other aspects that I feel like are a little bit more robust in that program than in a one-year accelerated program. Yeah, no, I think you make a lot of really great points there. And I think uh, for me, as someone who, you know, went to the same undergraduate institution as you, that was really pushed all these additional plus one programs and, and masters from other schools, I think it's, it's hard to navigate those things. So I really, you know, appreciate you bringing that perspective. Yeah. And again, I feel like everybody's got to say, you know, their own situations. I mean, yeah. sometimes, you know, it's, there's other considerations that, you know, that go into play, but for me, it, it made sense. And that was kind of my experience. So 
I would be, you know, there's no way I'm going to miss the opportunity since I'm talking with you uh, to not bring up Maryland basketball. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he, he's been very coy about it up to this point, everyone listening, but uh, Varun was actually a division one basketball player at the university of Maryland. That's how him and I are originally connected. Um, you know, I, I would love to hear your opinion. We actually re- did some research from the people that were admitted through deferred enrollment in the 2020 application cycle and found out that 13% of people admitted to the top 10 programs that responded to our survey uh, were college athletes, which is a pretty crazy number when you consider the fact that only 1% of all students are college athletes. Um, I'd love to hear your opinion as to why you think MBA programs give some sort of favoritism to college athletes. Because, you know, in my mind, something that you and I had talked about previously is that because you were a division one athlete, your summers were spent working out and training. You didn't have the opportunity to take on internships. So I almost would view, oh, okay, as a, as an athlete, you're at a big disadvantage that you don't have this work experience, but clearly it's something that schools really value. Can you sort of share a little bit about your experience and maybe what you talked about in your application related to your experience as a division one athlete and how you think that helped you? Yeah, absolutely. That's an interesting statistic. I'm not surprised, but 13%, you know, uh, you know, of, of, you know, deferred enrollment uh, being athletes, it makes sense because so to me, um, a lot of the, you know, being an athlete to your point has definitely disadvantages in the fact that, you know, you maybe less time to do other things that might make you a more attractive applicant. However, I think the admissions really understand that. And they, what they really like in, in athletes or former athletes are that they, um, you know, typically to play a college sport, you need to be, uh, you know, hardworking, you know, disciplined, uh, good at time management, um, you know, able, able to handle like high pressure situations. A lot of these skills that will translate in the business world or into a career. And so I think, you know, admissions, uh, you know, officers, they really, they see that and they understand that, you know, typically these are the higher performing folks in certain situations. Um, a lot of times, again, that can be translated to business. Um, uh, for me, I also feel like there's, as an athlete, you know, I think there's this, this aspect of like, you know, competition and always want to, wanting to grow in your career, you know, a lot start in, with sports, but then it kind of translates into your career where you want to, you know, grow and, and, you know, make, maybe get that promotion or, or maybe you, your first career wasn't what you wanted, but you're, you're not going to settle and you want to find that next career. Like that type of that mindset that I feel like athletes, you know, typically, typically have, um, I think, you know, predispose them to look in, into MBA programs. So I'd be also surprised to know like what, what percentage of applicants, not acceptances, but applicants are athletes versus non-athletes. I feel like it'd be higher than your traditional ratio of student athletes to students um, just for that, for that fact. But I think, you know, athletics, it definitely prepares you for, um, you know, life after athletics in terms of the skills that you have to develop to be successful. Um, and I feel like, the uh, admissions officers, again, I feel like they, they really, they see that and they've seen a pattern of folks being successful in their careers that have come from these type of backgrounds. And, um, you know, so they, they look upon that favorably when they're reviewing um, the applications. Yeah, no, I, I think I love everything that you said there. And I think it's an especially an interesting point talking about, you know, the mindset of an athlete that you are always just striving to be the best uh, so it makes sense that out of these top 10 programs, you see a lot of athletes saying, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be the best, right? It's just the mindset that gets instilled in them, uh, you know, as soon as, you know, from rec, rec league basketball or whatever other sport they're, they're competing in. 
and, and another thing I would, I would probably highlight is that like, you know, applying for an MBA program is all about your story, right? And I feel like as a former athlete or an athlete, you know, you already kind of have that written for you as like, you know, I'm sure almost every single applicant that is a former athlete has some, some element of athletics on their resume, on their story, you know, on their application that kind of, and it makes that story almost easier, easier to tell. Whereas maybe if you were a little bit, you know, not really sure of what you were doing in college, um, it might've been, it might be a little bit harder to kind of tell that story. And so I feel like in that way, maybe you have an advantage, you know, being an athlete, it's, it's already, you know, you already have some of your story already defined. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a really good point. So, you know, let, I think this is a good transition here to, to talking about your application. Uh, obviously, based on what you said, you talked about uh, your your experience as an athlete. Would love to hear more about this story, this narrative that you created that got you admitted into Stanford. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so yeah. So again, it kind of you know my whether I liked it or not, I really um, you know my childhood was a lot was was based on basketball and like becoming the best player. And I think. Uh, what's funny about that is I say that and I guess the viewers uh, or the listeners can't see me but I'm like five foot eight you know like you know scrawny like Indian American and you know no one would have ever thought that I would have you know played college basketball and I think that always you know you know gave me a chip on my shoulder and wanting to prove everyone wrong to prove myself that I could play you know basketball at, at a high level and um, so that was a lot of what my story was about in my in my application and how that's kind of, you know, I, I keep talking about how that's kind of translated now into, into you know, how I approach business and how I approach, you know, my career. Um, and, you know, so that, that that was definitely one aspect of it. I think a lot of it too for my application, and this is just applying to an MBA in general, is there's so much, I mean, you could probably test this, there's so much reflection that goes on in and um, because, you know, it's like, it's a huge commitment and you want to be, you know, sure that you want to do it. And so in that, you have to ask yourself, like, why am I getting this? Why now? Like all the questions that the admissions officers want to see. And so for me, it made sense, you know, just given I'd been working for four or five years, um, I felt like I had enough, you know, experience to contribute to the classroom. I felt like I wanted to, to make a pivot from consulting potentially into another career or just take that next, the next step within consulting. Um, and so those are kind of things that I, I talked about in my application um, and you know it's the different applications kind of bring out different aspects of you I know Stanford's is more about like really getting to know yourself and like why why do you want an MBA like and why do you want to go to Stanford and like like what what matters most to you and why is right is the essay that that you write and um, you know whereas you know Columbia is, is more like you know it's similar but also like you know why why is New York the best place for you obviously you know that's one of the unique you know you know aspects of Columbia Business School that you're in like you know, New York City, which is, you know, arguably the, you know, one of the best cities to, you know, for, for, for any, any, uh, any career that you want to go into. So there's those type of elements. Um, so for me, I really, you know, had to, you know, think about, you know, why I wanted an MBA. Um, again, just, you know, for me to take that next step in my career. And, um, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to think back to, as we talk, like to, to, you know, what I, what I uh, wrote in my essays. And, and I think it was, it was, very, honestly, it was very nuanced based on the, based on the school. Um, so, and that, that's, I think that's kind of what you have to do. Uh, I know, you know, folks typically apply to, to multiple schools and I think they'll know if you write the same type of essay on e- for each application. Um, but, but yeah, so, I mean, I have to thank, you know, again, for Stanford, which is a school obviously I'm going to, it was more about, um, you know, being in, uh, you know, who I am, like wanting to be in, you know, on the West Coast, in, in uh, Silicon Valley, you know, startup mentality, super diverse class, a slightly smaller class than most MBA programs. Um, and, uh, and, and something that I haven't talked about is I'm super interested in, in digital health. 
And I think in terms of like the startup ecosystem and the opportunities in big tech in healthcare in that area, um, it really just aligned with, with where I wanted to be. So many, so many follow-up questions I have, no, definitely that, which is great. Um, so let, let's back up a second to what, one of the things that you said that as a college athlete, you think that your story was much easier to write. And, and you think a lot of college athletes have a similar thing. What are some lessons that you think are maybe obvious to, to someone who was a college athlete, but can still be applied to someone that was really involved in their undergrad program in, in a different way that wasn't athletics? No, absolutely. And I would say the, the number one thing um, is adversity, right? Everybody handles, you know, faces adversity at some point. I think, you know, one of the true tests of your, someone's character is how they handle that adversity. So, you know, for me, a lot of it was with sports and, you know, not getting recruited by the schools I wanted to. And even, you know, a lot of other athletes, you know, it's injuries or not getting playing time, whatever it is. I think for non-athletes, you know, you're definitely facing some sort of adversity um, and you can frame that adversity. And, you know, it might be, you know, it might sound kind of trivial to, to you, but it might actually be a really big deal that you're, you're going, you know, something that you're going through and being able to kind of dig down and, and, and explain and kind of uh, show what you went through and how you handled it and how it's made you and shaped who you are and how you, your perspective on life, I think is something that, you know, almost anyone can write, almost anyone's been through something that is worth, um, you know, writing on an application. Yeah, I, I think that's a, <clears throat> I, th I think that's an amazing point that you bring up that, talking about that you've been through something uh, is a important thing. And I actually, I go through this with a lot of my clients that it's, you want to tell this authentic story to show that you can persevere when times are hard, uh, but you don't want to be telling a sob story, right? Yeah. You need to, you need to just be almost just presenting them with here, here is what happened. And, and this is what I did to push through. And this is, it's more the the emotional outcome for you and what it has led you to that that's the important part, right? Would you agree with that? No, 110%, 110%. And I would say on the other spectrum, there's there's people and I remember, you know, talking to friends and they're like, oh, like, you know, I don't have anything really interesting or really cool about me. Like I didn't like, you know, cure cancer. I didn't, you know, you know, fly to the moon. Like I didn't do all these things, but like I think people underestimate the things that are important to them and like how how impactful even if it's just impactful to you or, or if you make an impact on one person that's a really big deal and, and the way you frame that I think is really important um, which is kind of the other end of it right you have people that have really been through some serious things and and you want to kind of get away again from that sob story you know you know uh, upon to some more of like maybe the reflections and the impact but then the, on the other end the folks that um, maybe ha don't think that they've done something you know quote unquote you know spectacular I think you know they would I would challenge them to to dig deeper and and think about that and it is amazing how many individuals will be talking to that'll say, oh, well, and they'll casually bring up something. It's like, well, well, let's dive deeper into that. Clearly, this is a big thing. Like, yeah. and they're like, oh, no, they don't want to hear about that. I was like, no, exactly what you're talking about. This, this deep emotional thing that you think nobody wants to hear, that's what everyone wants to hear. That is yeah. exactly what the admissions committee wants to hear. Exactly. And the other thing I'll say is like, you want everything to kind of tie in again, back to like, you should have like a couple, one or a few themes that, you know, kind of go throughout your application and you want your story, whether it's your essay, you know, whatever it is, you want that to kind of tie back in to, you know, what you're trying to do in the long term, or, you know, what, why you're applying to an MBA, like there should be some, some type of, you know, tie back to that, I think is important as well. 
So you had a very common path to business school. You were you worked at Deloitte as a consultant for the past four and a half, five years. Why would why did you want to do consulting out of your master's degree? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Um, so consulting, so when so for me, it was like I have this 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 inability to really make a hard. I mean, outside of like knowing that I wanted to play college basketball. I really have struggled to like make this definitive decisions in my life <laughs> and like where to, where do I want to go? And so I know, I knew that consulting was a, was a, a job that will prepare you for any other job, right? You're not really, it's, it's not a job that if you take, it really closes other doors for you. You know, you can pivot from consulting to something else. And there's, I say that, and what I mean is like, there are skills that you can get in consulting that will apply to just about anything else you'll do in life. And so whether that's from just like being able to stay organized, being able to, uh, you know, handle a, a difficult client, being able to, um, you know, organize a meeting agenda and have the meeting flow, you know, get tangible outcomes from the meeting. And just like these basic skills um, that you'll cultivate in consulting and not, not only just these skills, but you'll get a ton of different real life experiences across several different clients, potentially several different industries, working with several different, you know, peers and clients that I think, you know, that type of accelerated experiential learning um, was something I was looking for in my career early on. And so that was kind of, you know, in consulting, and not to mention you, you do get a, you know, a decent sa starting salary, you know, out of school. So I thought it was just a, a great way to, um, to, to begin my career and, and uh, not knowing exactly what that next step would be. Yeah. And it seems like what has happened for you, at least, and hopefully what happens for a lot of people that enter consulting is it allowed you to refine a passion that was already there and in a different light. So can you tell me a little bit about this, you know, reconnection that you had with healthcare now from a business perspective? Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. Um, and a, a, you know, a good point. I mean, I, so my first project in consulting was not in healthcare. Um, it was in, uh, it, it was with the, um, you know, custom U.S. Customs and Water Protection. It was on a software de delivery tech, you know, tech project and nothing I've ever done in my background. And, and it was great. And I learned a lot. But then I, um, you know, I just really, there was something missing. And, there, and I think my background was just like drawing me towards you know, this, this giant industry of healthcare and life sciences. And so the first chance I had to try out a healthcare and life sciences project, um, you know, I, I you know, jumped at that opportunity and, and I realized like, this is actually, you know, what, what I want. And, and the, more I, the more I learned about these life sciences companies and healthcare, the more I realized there was a lot of problems and things that I would love to, to help solve. Um, I think that kind of rekindled my, you know, my interest in healthcare or in science um, and, and healthcare. I think they're, they're very closely related. Um, but going in, I, you know, I didn't really know that that was healthcare is what I want. Again, that, that's, I think one of the benefits of consulting is you can try all these new things um, and, and really see what, what sticks. Um, but for me, I think it was only a year a year that I wasn't in healthcare and, and life sciences and then the rest of my consulting experience has been in it. But I think uh, I might've, it might've taken longer to get there had I chosen another career path. Got it. Well, I, I think it's, it's great that it was able to lead you almost back from where you came, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you were able to, to reignite this passion. Um, I'd love to also talk about now that you have You've left Deloitte, uh, you're taking some time doing a pre-MBA internship. This is something a, a lot of people ask us about. And I'm, I'm almost curious for my own sake as someone that's, you know, knows that I'm heading to business school in a little over a year. Why did you decide to do a pre-MBA internship? Can you talk about the, the recruiting process there? 
um, and, and your experience with it thus far. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say this is one thing that everybody has a different opinion on. Um, and I know I keep saying this, but it really, you know, depends on your specific situation. Um, and, you know, I've, I've met, you know, I was talking to people that were like, don't ever do a pre-ambient internship. As soon as you, you know, get into business school, quit your job and take that time off because, you know, you'll always, you know, your MBA is a, you know, is, a, is a grind and then you'll, you'll get back in the workforce. And I've heard others that were like, you know, it was really nice, valuable use of my time. So like, you'll hear, you know, recommendations all across the spectrum. And for me, it made the most sense given um, my lack of uh, professional experience from in able, my ability to get internships in, in uh, college. We talked about how in athletics, you know, my summers were full taking classes and, and for workouts, I wasn't able to really get internships. Um, so I feel like while I had a great experience at Deloitte Consulting, um, I was trying to get something, some experience under my belt outside of consulting before heading to business school. That was one thing I also took um, eight months off once I graduated college um, to, you know, travel, you know, do things I wasn't able to do as a college athlete. And so I really felt like I, you know, I've had, had my time to really just relax and, and take time off. And, um, you know, I, I just kind of feel like while I have the energy, um, why not get a different experience? And I also feel like the two months before you start business school, it, it's such a unique opportunity for you to try something pretty much risk-free where, you know, you're going to do it for two months. You're going to get a good taste of what, you know, that industry, whatever that, that field, that the type of that role is. Um, but everybody understands that whether you like it or not, you, you're going to business school after that. So it's really like a, you know, if you don't like it, it's a get out of jail free card, you know, where you can, um, you can really take that risk. And, and I think um, for me, I'm always just trying to collect as many different experiences as, as I can and really just rule out things that I don't want to do. Right. And, and figuring out what I want to do, it's, it's probably easier. You know, I've heard to rule out things you don't want to do. So for me getting, I know I was, I thought that venture capital was a, a career path that I potentially would, you know, be interested in. So my approach was to, you know, really take advantage of these two, three months prior to getting an MBA um, to pursue that. And then on the, on the point on how did I get it? I feel like one thing that made it easier for me and I was very fortunate was once you get into an MBA program, um, it just makes it a little bit easier to reach out to folks and say, you know, hey, say, hey, this is my situation. I'm going to the you know excellent X or Y school, um, and I'm just trying to get this experience. Is there anyone that you you know you can connect me with? And I think people are willing to to help you out, especially if they know that that story really resonates with them. Like, oh, okay, he's just trying to get experience before you know he's going to the school. You know, he's taking initiative. I'd like to help him out. So I think that makes it easier. Um, as soon as I got my my dot Stanford edu email address, I started blasting out emails and and letting people know what I was hopefully looking for and uh or what i was looking for and then hopefully they would they were able to help me out and, and that's actually what happened so i got my internship really just through uh through my business school connections um and so that was kind of just my my approach and my experience you brought up something that i, I definitely want to drill down on which is the benefit of the brand you get uh even just by being admitted to one of these top programs right and i think for most of our clients who are applying through the deferred enrollment process, they almost get, you know, four or five, 10 times the benefit of that, that they have, instead of a few months, they have years, right? Um, before they actually go that they can be affiliated with that brand. And it's almost a, a struggle of that decision of, do I tell my current employer that I know I'm leaving for business school because they might not give me as many opportunities? Um, or do I tell them because they'll see that I'm an extremely smart person and, and they'll want to make this an amazing experience for me. So I come back after having that additional education. Um, yeah. I'm curious of 
you know, and hopefully your experience uh, gives some people some good insight that it does open the, up the door to a lot more opportunities, right? Oh, 100, 110%. I think uh, once you get into, you know, whether it's, you know, top 10, top 15, top 25 program, um, people automatically, you know, want to help you out. They want to put stock in you, right? They're like, okay, you know, this person has a high, you know, has a chance of being successful. I'd love to help them out along the way. Um, so I think that is, is really great. And, and I think, you know, if you, if you have a deferred acceptance, um, you're really in the driver's seat. You're really, I mean, you have the, the power in that, in that, you know, scenario, because you're, you're, I mean, you, you have, you know, your next couple of years figured out in terms of like, well, you know what you're going to do and, you know, you know, you have a school that you're going to, right? So you, you can pretty much say, okay, if this, if this is not working out for me, I can find something else. I already know I'm still going to business school and I'll be able to, you know, have, have a, um, a good career after that. So I think really, I, I mean, it, if I, if I was, if I had to get my ducks in a row, if I was, you know, ready to do, you know, apply for deferred enrollment, I would have done that 10 times out of 10. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's awesome that you were able to do that. And, and folks are able to do that because, um, again, you, you really, um, I, I think if you don't have that admissions and you're, you're kind of trying to experiment in, in your career, you're a little bit, uh, you know, maybe apprehensive and scared because you don't know how this is going to look if you do intend to apply to a program. And um, you, can, you can't really take those risks where you might not be able to forge a relationship with someone that can potentially write a letter of recommendation, for example. But if you're already in school, again, like, you are, I mean, you have all the chips, like you, and I feel like you can really take risks and, and do what you want to do. And I would encourage anybody that, that is already in school to really, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, take a maybe non-traditional job and, and get some unique experience because it's only going to better you in your, in your long-term career and in your MBA experience. Yeah, thank you. I really, I really appreciate those comments there. Um, so last question before we wrap things up. Uh, you know, you, you've obviously been admitted to, I believe Stanford had the lowest acceptance rate this past year. Um, so would love to hear what advice, if you were to, you know, if someone came up to you and was like, I, I want to be like you, I want to go to, I want to go to Stanford. I want to go to a top business school. What's the biggest piece of advice that you'd give someone that's applying? I would say reflection and know yourself. Cause I think, especially at a school like Stanford, I think they know if you've done the, you know, the, the background on yourself and if you really are in touch with what you want, who you are and why an MBA, um, I think that comes through in the application like very clearly. Um, so the more time you can reflect on, you know, what you want, what you've done, what your story is, what, how you want to present yourself, what your brand is um, and yeah, ultimately what you want in life. I mean, you're not going to have, I mean, you might change your mind a hundred times, but I think just going through the exercise of thinking about that um, and, and, you know, just, just that, that, you know, brainstorming activity, that exercises, again, it's just going to reflect on your application. And it's going to make you come across, you know, that much better. Um, I mean, I, I know for me, like I was thinking about like what I was going to write on my application that, you know, and, and like how I was going to present myself, what my story was going to be like a year out in term and like framing, like, you know, okay, well maybe I can highlight this or maybe I'll highlight this. And, oh, that, that matches with what I want to do and this, and, and I'll connect those together. And so, you know, to sum it up, you know, really reflecting on, yourself your background and what you want to get out of an mba in your future perfect thank you so much Varun. i really appreciate you uh coming on here and speaking with us no i appreciate you guys for having me again i really really appreciate what you guys do and uh and, and i'm happy to be on awesome best of luck at uh with your move thank you the early admit podcast is produced by cameron cannon I'm your host, Chad Grusin. See you next Wednesday.